Hi, everyone. Uh, trust you well. This is Adigoke Omotela, Coach Adigoke Omotela. I have with me Coach Bumi Ojomo. And we're looking at money in relationships. Money in relationships. Can you introduce yourself, please, Coach? Good day, Coach Adegoke. It's a pleasure to be on your platform. Thanks for inviting me again. Um, I, I love to be, you know, to, to add value, to come to add value on your platform. So thank you. Um, so good day, everyone. My name is Bumi Ojomu. Bumi Ojomu again. So I'm a John Maxwell certified leadership coach and a finance professional. I have about 30 years of experience in various um, multinational FMCGs. So I help you to grow your leadership as well as your financial acumen in order to help mm. you make effective decisions in your business and personal finances. I'm happily married uh, for about 26 years and I have lovely children. So thank you for mm -hmm. having me once again, Coach. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Now tell us, um, I know you're a leadership coach. Uh, just tell us a bit of a background as to, you know, your professional experience, your career, you know, how you got to this, uh, to this place. <laughs> okay. So, so as I said, I, I've had my career basically in finance. Um, yeah. I'm a fellow of the Institute of Chartered Accountants, um, principally, and I've had the privilege of working in a number of multinational firms for an extensive period, you know. And I've had to do roles across finance, you know, like um, you know, financial uh, accounting role, management accounting role, uh, treasury tax, you know. So cutting across finance generally is what I've done. And um, also I was privileged to um, uh, enroll for, for the John Maxwell training and that's been phenomenal. It has exposed me uh, to a lot of, um, you know, basic principles in leadership and things that, you know, blew my mind that I didn't even know, you know, whilst I started my career. You know, learnings wow. that I think would have helped me even in my growth, you know, if I had known all of those things by then. Um, but all works together for good. So that's why today I'm also in, in coaching because of my experience with John Maxwell. So that's how my journey has been in brief. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Now, we want to talk about money in relationships, you know. Uh, you know, I know you, you've been dealing with money since uh, day one, you know, for about 30 years. And you're also a finance leader. leader. Um, now, yeah. what, how important is money? That is a fantastic question. So to start with, it's, I think it's a beautiful time to talk about money in relationship at the time that we are in now. And um, money is absolutely critical. So even leave relationship aside, talk about in, uh, for an individual, what would you do without money? So you need money to cater for your basic needs, you know, and mm. every other thing, say shelter, clothing, feeding, what have you. And, you know, beyond even the basics, everything that you need to do, going out and coming in, you can't do without spending money. Mm. So you can mm. imagine that that becomes compounded, you know, in a marriage relationship. Because now it's not just about you. Now you have to consider another person and the needs of that other person, you know. So at least you have two to start with. 
And going forward, of course, when children start coming in, it gets even more complex because now you have to cater for those children. You know, you have mm. brought them into this world. They need feeding. They need all the basic things. As they grow, they don't understand why you can't put food at the table. They don't understand mm. why they can't go to school if you are not able mm. to pay school fees. So it becomes very complex, you know. So money is critical, very critical in a marriage relationship. And that would make things work well if you have the resources to back up the things that you need to do. Mm. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So money is so important in marriage or yeah. even, you know, I mean, going forward for those that want to get married. Um, now, what's the implication of not having money in a relationship? I mean, you talked about school fees. I want you just to reemphasize, you know, can it cost a breakup of a marriage or a breakup of a relationship? Absolutely. So it becomes really, really tough when there's no money within a marriage relationship because that means that you are not able to meet up with your responsibilities you know mm. feeding becomes a problem you are not able to pay the children's school fees you are probably not even able to to afford your rent you know so it becomes really complex you need to now necessarily depend on other people so either you are looking for loans or you are looking for grants one support or the other from one person or the other. So it hmm. makes you vulnerable. You know, your hmm. wife is going there, out there to get support from anyone she can get support from. You are also out chasing people that can support you. So you are exposed, you are vulnerable. Unthinkable hmm. things might begin to happen. So we don't even want to talk about that. What happens when, you know, a woman goes out there desperate, desperate for money because children cannot feed, because children cannot go to school, so over mm. time, you start to have frictions. It's natural mm. that you begin to have frictions in your home. There's no tolerance. You know, you become aggressive. You cannot stand the other person any longer. It's not paying the bills, you know. So you, mm. you get irritated, you know, then there are issues. And before you know it, the marriage goes down the drain, you know. Mm. A, a songwriter says no romance, no finance without, <laughs> uh, no romance without finance. And that's absolutely hard, you know, because, mm. you know, the wife walks away. The man can even mm. abandon the family because he's tired of the responsibility. He doesn't know wow. what to do. He leaves his wife and his children. Yeah, and he goes running wherever. You know, sometimes mm. it's the woman. And what happens to the children? You know, so mm. this mm. can really create a big problem in marriages. Wow. If you just joined us, we're looking at money in relationships and i'm so privileged to have on the platform uh this is just uh you know a special edition of uh you know our sessions that we we you know usually on leadership talk with adig okay but we just decided to speak on the issue of money in relationships and i have with me coach bumi ojomo 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 um and she's uh you know, a finance uh, leadership coach, and she's speaking to the issue of money, money in relationships. Now, I want to speak to this. Who should be earning the most in marriage? Is it the husband or the wife? Does it matter? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Okay. So in a marriage, uh, to start with, I don't think it really matters who is earning the most. You know, what is important in a marriage 
is that oneness, you know, and oneness even in your finances. Yeah. You know, so when you have oneness in your finances, when when my money is our money, you know, then it doesn't matter who earns the most. You know, so it's about the oneness. So oneness mm. in terms of maybe joint financial planning, you know, okay. that transparency that um, my spouse is aware how much I earn. Maybe I bring 100 to the table every month. I'm aware what he earns. Maybe he brings 200 to the table. And we yeah. know that as a family, we have 300. And hmm. then with that 300 on the table as a family, we can jointly plan to cover our needs. So hmm. we can look at, we can even go to the details of having a budget and thinking ahead of our needs. So just to answer your question, I don't think it's important who earns the most. So where the hmm. wife is earning more uh, than the husband, and of course, that's the reality of many marriages. The re it's actually the reality of a lot of marriages, you know, today. Is it, is it nowadays or...? <laughs> I, I, I think it's probably more common now. It may have been even in the days of our mothers, yes, you know, but it's probably common, more common now because more women are out there working now. Unlike in those days when typically women would stay behind to just focus on the home, to focus on the children. But they are out now in their careers, in their businesses. So the potential for women to earn has kind of stepped up. So you might find situations where the, the women are earning more than their husbands. But I think what is important in such situations is, yeah. um, you know, humility from, from, from the place of the woman and um, mm. submissions, you know, also from the woman. You know, so if the woman understands that this is our money and she's not personalizing everything and she's not rubbing it on the face of the husband, I think the husband will be more comfortable about it, you know, if the woman mm -hmm. is humble and submissive, the husband will be more comfortable about it. What would help also from the husband is if he's not arrogant, because some men are arrogant, you know, they don't even think <laughs> a woman should earn more. So they become, yeah. you know, they, they just have this attitude. They, they are angry. They are just angry because you are earning more and they try to frustrate everything you are doing. Some men are, are like that and that's absolutely negative. So for the man to be, you know, to throw away that arrogance, to throw away that pride and um, to be supportive, to play the supportive role to the wife, yeah. it's critically important. Where that happens, yeah. you wouldn't feel the difference, you know, that is the woman earning this and the man earning that. If there is that understanding and unity in you know how they relate with each other thank you wow awesome awesome if you just joined us uh speaking alongside coach bumi ojomo and we're looking at money in relationships he's dropping a lot of nuggets i mean adding so much value we just want to celebrate you and thank you for uh coming on the platform to share your wealth of experience in this area we want to uh say that you know, you've gathered a lot of uh, experience and you're the right person to speak to this topic. Now, um, when it comes to the issue of school fees, who, who should pay the school fees, the husband or the wife? Okay. So just as I was saying, uh, the family finances should be jointly planned. 
you know. Okay. So I talked about the oneness. I talked about I talked about you know pulling the resources together, you know, such okay. that if I'm earning hundred, my husband is earning two hundred, we have a three hundred. So then we can plan that three hundred as as a pool fund that we have as a family. So we know okay. that we need to make meet up with these needs when we break it down. Yes. So it wouldn't matter yes. if now is the wife's money or the husband's money. Because as I said, it's our money. So what is important is a joint financial plan. You know, hmm. so the money could come from anyone, but it's our money, it's joint money. So we can deploy it for school fees if that's our, what we want to place priority on. We can deploy it for any other thing else. You know, it doesn't matter who whose pocket exactly the money has come out from uh, mm. i think um, mm. you know in a good relationship awesome. that works well that's that's how it should work okay so um how about you know i mean instances where either you know the husband or the wife goes ahead to incur debts you know without the knowledge of the of the spouse okay so that happens and that's quite unfortunate so I think that there should be, you know, transparency, you know, in relationships. Uh, I would appreciate to know, uh, you know, what my husband is going into, even financially, what commitment he's making, you know. On your and behalf. that helps because if we are transparent, if we talk about these things, if we are open, if we plan together, then we can even be accountability partners, you know, mm. to each other. So you can mm. discuss with me to say, oh, honey, I need to raise this uh, 10 million, you know, and I'm mm. asking questions. So why do we have to, what do we need it for? You know, mm. so asking questions alone, you might find out that, you know, we have a way around. We don't need, you know, to pick up the loan. And if we jointly agree to go ahead and pick that facility or, you know, pick a debt from somewhere, then yeah. we are jointly responsible. We can awesome. also, we are conscious that, oh, we have this obligation. You know, so whatever yeah. we earn going forward, we should be setting something aside from that to offset that obligation. So the wife then becomes conscious of the fact that's not when she's thinking of Ashebi. You know, hmm. that's not when she's thinking of, oh, I need to buy gold, I need to buy, you know. A prudent wife would put all of that aside, would be awesome. conscious that, oh, we have this obligation, we have this exposure, and then would also support the husband in ensuring that that debt is paid as at when due you know mm. otherwise you know she just goes ahead and she's spending money she, she doesn't even know so it mm. ends up in you know in, in a big problem and then mm. it breaks trust so if i should wake mm. up and suddenly find out that there's a huge debt that my husband is sitting on how does that make me feel i'm frustrated mm. i'm angry i'm disappointed and you know and i i would be wondering what more secrets does he have and then mm. I don't feel comfortable in that relationship any longer. So why do we need to make it complex for ourselves? So it's mm. better you should come up front to say, oh, we have this need. And then we, you know, we jointly take that decision if it's necessary. And we jointly work towards offsetting it. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I want to say that uh, we're learning so much from you. Now, um, the area of budget. Is it important in marriage to have a budget? absolutely absolutely so how i think it should work okay so what is the budget to start with is a basic financial plan so you put your you recognize your income 
that yeah. okay, 100 from here, 200 from there, we have 300, and that's that's the family income. And then you mm. analyze also your expenditure, so you know okay. that for monthly upkeep in the house, maybe you need 100, you know, mm. because that would feeding, electricity, you know, bills, what have you everything you need to do regularly on a monthly basis. So you provide that 100. So you know that, oh, okay. we have 200 left. So from this 200, maybe on the monthly basis, you do some supports, could be parents, could be, you know, whatever support that you give. You make a yeah. provision for that. Maybe there's something you set aside on a monthly basis for your children's education. If the children are hmm. born, maybe you are pulling that fund somewhere and you are saving for the future. So you mm. have your savings for contingency because anything mm. can come up, you know, during the month you want to set something up aside. And importantly, wow, I think a network is, uh, is, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I think you went off for a minute. So you should yeah. sit together and plan that, how you are going to, you know, disburse, how you need to deploy that income that you're earning. And that's a simple budget. But beyond that budget, you need to jointly agree on your financial goals as a family. So mm. sitting together to say, oh, um, our children, you know, now they are in primary school, you know, soon they'll be going to secondary school. What schools do we have in mind for them to go to? Uh, yes. How expensive is that school? What what would we need by then? You know, hmm. and you are thinking of it now. Is it possible for you to decide to do uh, to take up education insurance, for instance? You know, to cater for your children's needs. So there's something hmm. you are putting aside, putting in the fund. You know, that would support your children's education in the future. So it's hmm. good to have health insurance as well. So maybe you are working in organizations that has that covered already. There's an HMO, you know, but if you yeah. are not, you probably also want to put that in place. And why is that important? So we know there could be, you know, sudden health issues and you go to the hospital, you need to pay so much, you know. But if you have put that as a flat fee that you pay to your HMO in the beginning of the year, whenever you have to go to hospital, you are comfortable to walk in because you know you have a coverage for that already you put that in place for your spouse also for your children you know and it, it, it gives you a kind of peace you are not feeling uncomfortable on your body and you are because you are managing funds you don't want to go to hospital and it gets worse but because you mm. already have that in place you are confident to walk in to, to the hospital no matter what the bill is it's already covered you know mm. in some occasions you might need to add you know little additional but it, it won't be a whooping sum that will swipe you off your feet so you should jointly agree on such things. You are planning for today, and importantly, you are planning for the future. So it's possible as mm. a young couple, uh, you know, you got married, you are in a small rented apartment, you need to start to think even that early. What are your plans for accommodation into the future? You know, okay. would you, will you need to start planning now to have your own accommodation? The kind of uh, jobs you are doing, are you able to jointly agree and take a mortgage that you will be offsetting on a monthly basis from, from your salary? Or if that is not possible, are you able to save some money that you can buy a plot of land somewhere? You'll be surprised if you bought a plot of land today for, say, $3 million. 
maybe 10 years down the line, the same plot of land might be going for 30 million. So that's an mm. investment and that mm. will secure you in the future. So it might be, mm. okay, so if you are not going to pick a mortgage, it might be that you have a fixed plan to build something of your own. So this year you decided as a target that we are going to buy a plot of land somewhere. And yes, you were able to, to do it because you already planned to do it. So you are able to accomplish that. Maybe you plan that in another two years, we should be able to at least raise it to foundation, at least take hmm. it to decking. You know, before you know it, if you are putting your money... Yeah, I think your network is freezed a bit. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a very powerful session. Yeah. With... Uh, with our guests. Uh, that's the essence of having a budget and having a financial plan, yeah. a bigger financial yeah. plan that goes beyond one year, but sees into the future in terms of your children's education, in terms of your housing, and all critical areas where you need to plan. You know, that's how you know, you'll would, you would be able to balance properly as a family if you are doing that together. Wow, wow, wow. Well done, well done, coach. Uh, this, is, this is very impressive. You, you are reading out so much content and nuggets. We want to celebrate you uh, for you, being coach. on the platform, looking at money relationships. Uh, your experience is uh, well appreciated. You are most Thank welcome. You, now, I want to uh, find out, you know, this issue of joint accounts. Is it, is it okay to have joint accounts or is it mandatory or something we should look at as husband and wives? Okay. So it's good to have a joint account. It's not mandatory. It's not compulsory. It's good to have it if you agree to, if you are aligned, and um, you are also aligned in your money habits, you know, okay. and you want to have a joint account. It's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. So many couples would run a joint account. But what is more important is a joint financial plan. You okay. know, it's planning your finances together. So you awesome. may not have a physical account together as Mr. and Mrs. It's possible you don't even have but you may be aligned in how you are spending your money. And that's mm. what is absolutely important. Being aligned mm. in how you want to spend your joint income, having a plan for that, and you know, following that plan as much as possible. Having that mm. unity, having that oneness, mm. even in your finances. You know? So even if you don't have a physical account as Mr. and Mrs., but pulling mm. your finances together and planning it together, spending it together is what is more important. Wow, awesome. So there has to be an alignment between yeah. the husband and Absolutely. the wife, you know, Absolutely. so that, uh, you know, the, the, the finances are in order. Now, I want you to, you know, just um, advise young couples that are just starting up, you know, because there's... Uh, that tendency for one person to go out there and begin to acquire, you know, things. Oh, my friend is having a party. I want to buy a new bag. The husband wants to buy a new shoe. He wants to go out with the, with the boys and hang out. What would you say to a young couple that is just starting out? Unfortunately, that is very common. So uh, as we start out as, as young couples, most people are not, um, you know, um, prudent financially they are not even mm. conscious of the of their future financial needs and the importance mm. you know to cautiously very intentionally plan for that future mm. plan for your family intentionally 
So a lot mm. of us throw caution to the winds. We are out there spending every day, assuming that we will keep earning what mm. we are earning or even increase in income perpetually, mm. you know, and we mm. spend recklessly. But after a number of years, if you look back at the volume of money that you have handled and mm. what you have to show for it, you mm. will find out that there's a big misalignment. Mm. You know, you probably would have not much to show for what you have earned because mm. you haven't planned it consciously. So as a young couple, it's critically important for you to start to plan your finances, you mm. know, to cover your daily needs as of today, but not just that, you know, to save something and invest something, plow it into, you know, whatever assets will bring returns to you, you know, that mm. would compound over time and cater for your needs in future. So if you are not planning, it will be difficult for you to have your own accommodation, for instance. Mm. You don't want to rent a place perpetually because, you know, uh, you know what inflation is and what you need to pay to the landlord, you know. You can't do that forever. So you need mm. to plan that. You need to plan your children's education, importantly, very, very mm. critical. And how you do it is to set your money aside consciously and invest it consciously so that it begins to compound to work for you and to cater for that need in the future. Wow, wow. So essentially that just, is it. Awesome, awesome. If you just join us, we're looking at money in relationships and uh, I have with me on the platform um, an amazing lady. She's a financial leader and she's showing up. She has uh, over 30 years experience in the finance industry and she's showing up to add value on money in relationships. Her name is Coach Bumi Ojomo. Thank you so much for honoring our invitation. Now, I want to uh, just ask two more questions. Now, for those who are, you know, going towards that um, stage of retirement, you know, what would you like to, is there any advice that you have for them as they, you know, husband and wife, relationships, getting close to retirement? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so to start with, retirement planning shouldn't start when you are close to retirement. So retirement planning should start even from earlier on in your career. Hmm. So if you are in a structured company, uh, there would be uh, you, you you would have elected your own um, pension fund administrator, and some amount will be set aside from your salaries into that pool. Okay for the future. So that's that's a basic plan that you can have for your retirement. And above that, the other things you would have is your own layer of investments. And of mm. course, that would depend on how you started. How, mm. you know, it depends on if you were planning that from the beginning and you are actually consciously setting something aside to pull mm. into investments that mm. you would require in the future. So mm. if you've done nothing, if you've invested nothing, of course, at the time that you retire, you wouldn't have anything. You mm. know, the income stops suddenly and you have nothing to fall back on. Mm. If you are lucky to have a pension scheme that forms, you know, the basic minimum, you know, and depending on what investment that you have there, you, know, you might cover your, your basic needs. But it's possible that it also doesn't. So you should have prepared something aside by yourself from your investments. 
So for mm. instance, you, can, you could have invested in properties. Uh, maybe you have rental income as well. Maybe you, you have bought assets that you can sell off at a particular time. It's possible you bought a, you bought a plot of land, for instance, only for, for three million, and it's it's now thirty. You bought some you bought something for five million. It's now ninety million. Depending mm. on where you bought the land, where mm. depending on the on, on the location, so it's possible you have investment in shares. You have all sorts. There are different kind of investments that you can have, and the mm. earlier you start to plow in your funds into such investments, you know, the better because it would compound over time you know until it's time for your retirement but if you are going to retire in the next two years and all of a sudden you know it's just occurring to you that my god in two years i'm 60. <laughs> what can i do it might be a bit late you know however whatever it is that you have then set it aside and put it in something that will add value for you in future so that's what awesome 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 we've almost you know, done 30 minutes and um, wow. you know, I just want to make it short and sharp, you know, but uh, it's been uh, highly impactful. I'm so pleased and uh, I'm sure that our listeners and our audience uh, would also get a lot of value uh, as they jump in into this session. Uh, watch the replay and please make sure you, you share, uh, share this uh, podcast and uh, let it go around to as many people as possible because money is so important in relationships. Uh, money is, is critical. Um, even at this time when we have uh, disruptions uh, in the economy uh, globally. Now, finally, um, if our listeners want to reach you, how can they reach you? All right, that's brilliant. On, um, on Facebook, I'm Bumi Ojomu. Okay. And on Instagram, I'm Coach Bumi. Okay. okay, okay. Awesome. So how about your YouTube channel? Can we do can we or is it active or for now we should just hold on a bit okay. so, so it's a new youtube channel with coach okay Bumi. coach Bumi. Awesome. you can watch how to begin to see activities there going forward okay awesome awesome so you've listened to the lady the uh, amazing financial leader and she's spoken so well uh she's touched on so many areas on money in relationships and uh She's bringing to bear 30 years of experience uh, in the financial sector. And um, we just want to salute you, Coach Bumi uh, Ojomu, for coming on the platform to speak to this very, very important subject matter, money and relationships. The so at so the same time... Thanks for having me and thanks for having thank value always on your Thank podcast. you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to say to everyone, thank you for tuning in as always on the same time next time. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah.